Blog Talk Radio. I was waiting for them to say Lost Souls Radio. Are you there, Dad? Yeah. It did say Lost Souls. Hmm. Let me let me see something else. Hold on, Dad. Because that's unusual. Okay, Dad. Um, I will go ahead because it sounds like we already connected, okay? This is Pastor Lockerbie from the Burning Bush uh, Church, and I'm going to turn it over to him now. Thank you. Yes, good evening. This is Apostle Lock from the Burning Bush Church, 4203 North 13th Street in Irwin, North Carolina. If you try to reach us for prayer, it'd be 910-658-5206, 910-658-5206. Church number is 910-897-7392, 910-897-7392. Best reaches there on Tuesday night from 7 to 9 and Sunday morning from 10 to 1. We're certainly kind of privileged to be able to come this afternoon on this Thursday, uh, the first Thursday night in the new year, there is a word from the Lord. After praying to God and asking him what to talk about tonight, he told us to talk about uh, living above frustration. Living above frustration, F-R-U-S-T-R-A-T-I-O-N, frustration. Living above for So many people have been frustrated coming out of uh, 2023 for various reasons. See, that's the devil's trick. That's the devil's objective is to get you frustrated. He doesn't want you to get you mad. He doesn't want to just get you upset. He wants to get you frustrated because he knows if he gets you frustrated enough, you react. Sometimes we can be mad and not act. Sometimes we can be upset and not act. Sometimes we can be angry and not act. But when we reach frustration, it's kind of like your, your car running hot. And, and and it is okay. Your car can run hot long as it don't get in the red. But once your hot car get in the red and it stay in the red and then running off, out of while your car will get get the steaming and knocking and bucket and it's gonna cut off because it's got it can't stand the heat that is going on. And see so that's what Satan does. He wanna get your get you in the red. And the red is frustration. That you don't got beyond mad, you don't got beyond upset, you don't got beyond angry. You, you, I'm going to use a knife word, but you got beyond teed off. Now you're frustrated. Now you're ready to act. Now you're ready to take matters in your own hand. And this is what's been going on in 2023. Satan, he's learning how now to push this Christian. And see, when you're not paying attention, when you're not alert at what you're going through, you'll find yourself in frustration and wonder how you even got there. Because you begin thinking that you are getting rid of the thing that you're going through, you'll be piling them up, like piling them up and piling them up. Instead of asking God to forgive you and getting over it, you 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 pile it up. The next thing you know, you pile something else on the. When you start piling stuff up, it'll build up after a while. It's kind of like putting something in a closet. 
Eventually, there ain't going to be no room in that closet. When you open the closet, whatever is in the room going to fall out on you because the closet can't hold it no more, and there ain't no room for them no more, and you still trying to put it in there. And that's where frustration comes when you can't take no more, when you had enough. So let's look up the word frustration. Um, and the definition for frustration is the feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of inability to change or or achieve something. Other words, it's out of your hand. You it doesn't got out of your control. What you were trying to accomplish didn't happen. What you were trying to achieve, you didn't achieve. The point that you were trying to get to, you didn't get to. That 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 you that that you were trying to make happen didn't happen. And, and it's sometimes it feels like stream. You feel like streaming with frustration because you've been seem like you've been defeated. Seem like whatever you were going through got the best of you. It doesn't pile up now, and it ain't no more room for it to pile up. You don't had enough. You heard the old saying said your last nerve, and said Christian, we gotta learn how to live above frustration. Cause Christians cannot walk in a frustrated environment. God did not call us to walk in. How are we going to help people frustrated if we frustrated? How are we going to, hey, listen, God brings frustration in your life for you to graduate from it, not to live in it. You see what I'm saying? Uh, frustration come, frustration comes to, to strengthen you and help you get to the next level. I often say it kind of like social service. Social service comes to help you get over, not for you to live in, you know, and many times people live in social service. Rather than get over it, letting it be a stepping stone or a brick to get them to the next level, they they, they make home there. They live there for 20 and 30 years. Why? Because they're satisfied. Somebody else taking care of them. Somebody else's money. All we were told ain't nothing like your own money. But when you're part of social service, you, you're limited. You're limited. They tell you how much money you can have. They tell you well, what you can have, what you can't have. They want to keep you in a limit. They want to keep you in a bracket. So that's what frustration does. Frustration will keep you in a bracket where you upset all that. You wake up in the morning upset. You lay down upset, and that's not of God. That's a trick of the enemy. And for Christian, I'm coming this afternoon to, to show you how far I've been frustrated. So I can teach this because I've been there and I graduated from it. And since I graduated from it, I can teach it to you. And this is what trials are all about. This is what tests are all about. You graduate from them so that when you meet others that are going through the same thing, you can teach them because you graduated from it. But if you don't graduate from it, you can't help nobody else. So I come to tell you this afternoon, you can live above frustration. Listen, it's going to come. If you're a Christian, if you live long enough, I don't care how righteous you are, I don't care how holy you are, I don't care how much money you got, I don't care what your title is, you can be a pastor, you can be a prophet, you can be an evangelist, a preacher, a teacher, a healer. Frustration is coming to your house, and you're going to have to learn how to deal with it, or you're going to find yourself cussing at your wife, cussing at your husband, you're going to find yourself uh, fussing at your children, fussing at your supervisor, fussing at your, at your, at your mom, your dad. Your, your, you, you're going to find yourself out of control because you don't know how to deal with frustration. You, and God's word gives us, we got some scripture later on, but God's word gives us a remedy to living above frustration. And listen, frustration is exasperation. Uh, frustration is annoyance. 
frustration, anger. So if you got these signs going on, you might be headed for frustration. For, for frustration is increased anger. Vexation. You don't have enough. You don't been vexed. You been touchy. You're so tough. Somebody talking about. Oh, she got on my last nerve. You 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 headed for frustration now. When somebody get on your last nerve, you don't let it build irritation. That's what frustration is. Is irritation. To be irritated. In other words, you 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 don't want to be around that person. You don't you don't want to be in that person's presence. You see them coming. You hide from them because they're irritating. They 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 irritate. They they aggravation. They, 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 somebody that you don't want to be bothered with because they are annoying. Bitterness is a sign of frustration. You don't got bitter now. Huh? And bitterness is not for Christians. The Bible says bitterness is not of God. If you bitter, it's the devil. I didn't say you were the devil. I said it's the devil. Bitterness comes from the devil. Well, the Bible says bitterness is not of God, but it's earthly. It's devilish. It's sensitive. And when you bitter, you make other people bitter. An event or a circumstance, this is what frustration is, an event or circumstance, I want you to know what it is so when we go on down the road, you can take this in there. I want you to take this into 2024, victorious, because frustration is going to come. Aggravation is going to come. You're going to be upset. You're going to be made mad. Somebody is going to get on your last nerve. So somebody is, things ain't going to always work out in your favor. Uh, that project ain't always going to work out. That deal ain't always going to come through. That contract ain't always going to work. You went in there and went out and bought you a new car, then bought you a new house, then bought you a new outfit because you were fit to sign a $3.5 million contract or a $30 million contract. You already been in the interest and the profit money that's going to come from it and come go and get in the office and find out on Monday morning that it fell through, that they decided they didn't want your company. They did, they did not want y'all. They went and got somebody else. Now you done got in there. And you mad, and you frustrated, and you aggravated, and you don't know what to do. You cussing and cutting the shine, huh? But you gotta learn how to control yourself. It's an event, a circumstance that causes one to have a feeling of frustration, huh? Yes. So frustration, you gotta learn how to live above it. Because it comes to get the best of you. And that's what Satan been using in the church lately. Frustrated Christians. You get all on Facebook. Talking about I ain't mad at nobody. But, but you, you give them a piece of your mind. You give them a piece of your mind because you frustrated. You got tired of every time you looked at Facebook, they were talking about you. So you decide to get on there and go ahead and push your last nerve. You frustrated and you want to let them know that, hey, you got a mouth too. Hey, you got a conversation too, but God forbid that you do that because the mindset of the Lord. Huh? Jesus did not get frustrated. Jesus did not. If anybody had a right to get frustrated, if anybody had a right to get aggravated, if anybody had a right to get annoyed, if anybody had a right to get bitter and upset, it was Jesus. But he didn't. He left us an example from the pulpit to the congregation. As leaders, we ought to be so careful. We can't look. Yet, I know God is a forgiving God, but we got to set an example. We got to be humble. We got to be meek. We got to be kind. Quit hollering at your flock. Quit hollering at your members. Quit hollering at your those that are under you because you got authority. Because you think you the boss, because you've been given charge, so you holler at some and then talk nice to others. You ought to talk nice to all your your parishers, all your flock, 
All of them, every one of them. So what? Things ain't working out. So what? Things back fine. So what? You didn't get this quarter what you wanted. That's no reason to get angry with the trustees and, and get angry with the motherboard and the digging board and everybody else in the church, and they can't get along with you. They don't even know how to talk to you because you will go off. You're supposed to be humble. You're supposed to be meek. You're supposed to be kind, living above frustration. In the Bible, frustration is a feeling that many individuals experience due to various circumstances. Although the term frustration might not be explicitly mentioned, there are several instances where individuals, including prominent biblical figures, encounter situations that could could evoke emotions. Yeah, you ain't the only one. You're not in this thing by yourself. Others are going through. Other people in the Bible that were frustrated, but they handled it, and that they can handle it. You can. Well, he said the one. He said all. Oh, he don't give you no excuse to be mad and bitter and angry and upset. Frustrated, can't nobody get along with you because you offer you can't think straight when you're frustrated. Additionally, the Bible offer guidance on managing frustration. Yes, the Bible got strips of verses that will help you with your frustration, such as Philippians four six and seven. Encourage us not to be anxious about anything, but to pray and and present our concern to God. This passage suggested that turning to prayer and seeking God guidance can help. Alleviate frustration. Other words, don't be anxious for nothing. Anxiety will blind you. Anxiety will make it look like something, want something so bad it can look pretty until you get it. Then you wake up in the morning to find out that that was so pretty when you laid down that last night and wake up and look over at it and it pretty as it was when you laid down with it. You cannot, you cannot move on anxiety. You, you gotta be patient. You gotta wait. No, I've experienced so many times with anxiety, buying the wrong car, ending up in the wrong house, people ending up with the wrong husband, the wrong wife, ending up on the wrong job. Why? Because you didn't listen to the voice of God. You was anxious. You just wanted it so bad. I remember there was an incident where, where, where I wanted something so bad, and my wife told me, she said, no, baby, you don't need it. That's not right. But rather me listen to the voice of the Lord through her, I went on and got it anyway, and it ended up disappointing me very bad. So I, you learn sometimes God will speak to your wife. God will speak to your children. God will speak to your friend. And it ain't that they, they don't want you to have nothing. Oh, you just don't want me to have him. You're so jealous. No, baby, it ain't that she's jealous. It's just that she see the devil in him. She see that you fit to make a mess. You fit to get nothing. You fit to get nothing. Thinking you got something, and they see that, and you so angry and so upset, so frustrated, you can't even see straight. Moreover, listen, Ecclesiastes seven and nine advises us that anger or frustration should not linger in our heart, and it can lead to further harm. Instead, it encourages a, a patient and understanding approach to a situation that might provoke frustration. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, Ecclesiastes 79 tells us that these things should not be in our heart. The Bible said put away these things from your heart because you let them stay they're going to spoil you. Uh-huh. They're going to defile you. They're going to cause you to end up in, in frustration and anxiety. And now you can't stay straight. Do you have a minute of time? Please talk. However many times we thought we heard God's voice because we was in anxiety. We was in frustration. We thought we heard God's voice. 
Huh? Look look at look look at Sarah. Sarah was frustrated. Sarah mad, y'all. She upset because her handmaid disrespecting her. Now that she done messed around and got in a hurry wanting a baby, she couldn't wait on God. God told her she was going to have a baby. God didn't tell her her handmaid was going to have no baby. God told her she was going to have a baby. Now, that sounds clear to me. If, she, if God told her she was going to have a baby, how she think her handmaid was a she? Her handmaid was, what it was, was her excuse. Her handmaid was her alibi because she had lost her faith. And then when she made that mistake, she want to blame Abraham. Paul, my he sinned. He ain't sinned. He did what she told him to do because she got in anxiety. She got impatient. Uh, she didn't wait on the Lord, and she gave her husband to a handmaid. And then the girl despised her. After the girl despised her, then she realized she done made a mistake. Now she all frustrated, ain't thinking straight, putting the girl all out in the cold. Didn't care where the girl died out there, not to put the girl out. She mad. Sister mad now. Put her, told her, husband, put her out. Put the boy out too. Didn't say nothing about give him no food. Just get rid of him. Because she mad because of the decision that she made. Are you mad this evening? Because the decision you made? You didn't want to walk out the house. You didn't want to tell him you didn't want him no more. You didn't want to tell him you were fed up with him. You didn't want to tell him you were tired of him. You didn't want to tell him you hate him. You didn't want to tell him I don't love you. Let me tell you something. One man treasure, one man trash, and another man treasure. How many people got your treasure this evening because you thought it was trash? What ain't what? Look, what ain't good to you is good to somebody else. Now somebody else got it and fixed it all up. I reminded many years ago when I first got married around in and 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 nineteen eighty one, eighty two, eighty two when I got married. How that uh, one day we was at home and. My wife went out there side of the road where my mother had thrown something away in the, in the savage, and my wife got it and took it and brought it home and fixed it up and painted it and, and put it in the house, and it looked so beautiful like a matter of fact when my antique stove. It was nice. She painted it pretty, and my mother come on one day and asked her, where did you get that from? That looks so beautiful. My, mom, my wife said, I got it out of your trash. You see how, the, how your trash can become a treasure to somebody else? So you be careful. How you get so frustrated in your marriage that you get the same thing to your husband and your wife that you don't mean, and then they walk away and they leave because you said something ugly, you said something aggravating, you said something disrespectful, you said something out of your frustration that vented their spirit, and you don't want them, you don't love them, you, you want them to leave and don't come back, but you didn't mean it, you were just mad, but now it's too late. They're gone, and somebody else got them. And you realize that, you know, they say you never bring some water to the well going dry. Yes, your well dry now because you don't mess around and pull your water out, and somebody else got it. The Bible says, submit ourselves to God. We acknowledge his sovereign and trust in his wisdom. By resisting the devil tactic, we prevent frustration from becoming a breeding ground for bitterness. Listen. A breeding ground. You know what a breeding ground is. A breeding ground is when 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 you, when you breed something so you can get some more of it. That more can grow. Do you not know frustration become a breeding ground for bitterness, anger, destructive behavior? Wow, isn't that something? Not only are you frustrated, but you have planted a bed now for other things to become grow. They grow right there. 
by you resi- by you resisting the devil taxes, it prevents that from happening. Resist the devil, and he'll flee. But he Second Corinthians twelve and nine said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest in me. Paul said, I ain't going to brag about my abilities. I'm not going to brag about my talents. I'm not going to brag about my successes. I'm not going to brag about how anointed I am and I walk by and the shadow off my clothes helps somebody. But I'm going to boss off my weakness, off my frailty. For while I'm I'm weak, then am I strong. He said, I had an issue in my life, and I told God to move it. And I went to God three times to move this thing. I was frustrated. I was aggravated. Thought maybe because I was frustrated, maybe because I was aggravated, God would consider that and move the thing. But you know what God told me? God said that 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 that, that my grace is sufficient. Other words, I ain't moving it, but I'm going to leave my grace there. My grace is sufficient. My, I looked up the word sufficient. And that means it's more than enough. Say, for example, you are in the store there, and you're in the line at the counter, and and you 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 there, there paying for something, and find out you ain't got enough of money to pay for the product you have. So the man behind you get ready to take it back, and the man behind you tell you no, don't take it back. She asked the clerk, how much do you how much do she need? She said, well, three dollars and seventy-five cents. And the man takes out a $5 says, here, this should be sufficient enough. See what I'm trying to say? This is sufficient enough to take care of that two, $3, say the vice, and more. And that's what God grace does. God grace is sufficient enough to take care of whatever problem you're going through, whatever situations in your life. God grace is sufficient. Second Corinthians 12 and 9 says, assure us that God's grace is enough to sustain us even in moments of frustration and weaknesses. It reminds us that our dependence on God allows his power to manifest in our lives, transforming our challenges into opportunities for him to work. See, this is what God's trying to do. He didn't allow frustration to come to stop you. He didn't allow frustration to come to hinder you. He didn't allow frustration to come to set you back but rather to build you up, rather to strengthen your inner man. Though the outward man perish, the inner man is renewed day by day. This is what is so going to happen. When things come to seem like it want to destroy your outer man, but, it, but it's going to build up your inner man, the spiritual man on the inside. That's what God concerned about, the spiritual man on the inside. And day by day, it's going to build up your inner man as you go through these trials, as you go through these tests. So put a smile on your face. Get that frown off your off your, your forehead, off your brow. Get that bitterness out of your mouth. Get that cussing off your lip. And give God a praise. Ah, oh, Shatai. Give God a praise. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be on my lip. When you bless God at all times and hit praise on your lip, you will not be frustration. Frustration often exposes our limitations. You hear me? And I would need for God's strength. Frustration often shows that this time is sometimes it shows where we are. Now, when somebody gets so mad that they cuss, it ain't that they ain't no Christian. It shows their weaknesses. It shows their frailty. 
It showed you the area of life where they need to work on, where you weak, where you thought you were still fed, but you won't. See, these things come to find out the loophole in you, the weaknesses in you. Because God don't want no weaknesses. He wants you strong. He said, be strong in the Lord and in his power and might. Put on the whole armor of God, you'll be able to stand against the wild of the devil. So that's why these things come to frustrate you, to try to build you up and, and strengthen the weak areas of your life. By embracing our weaknesses and looking to Christ, we invite his power to rest upon us. Through our humility and reliance on God's grace, we discover a deeper sense of purpose and the ability to navigate our frustration with his strength. Be honest to God and quit trying to make like you strong when you know you're weak. Tell God you're not strong enough to lay down that cigarette. Tell God you're not strong enough to lay down that marijuana. Tell God you're not strong enough to quit committing fornication. Tell God you're not strong enough to commit, you quit committing adultery. Tell God you're not strong enough to, to stop getting involved in these sexual uh, morality, these sex, sexual activity. Tell God. He already know anyway. Tell him your weakness. And when you do so, God will strengthen you. God will give you the ability that you need to be able to stand, to overcome these frailty. But you've got to be honest to God. He already knows you're weak, but you've got to be honest about it and quit trying to hide your frustration. When frustration, listen, when, when, and when, when confronted with frustration, Proverbs 15 and 1 reminds us of the power of a gentle response. It advised us to respond sensitively and kindly, refusing to contribute to an escalating conflict. You hear me? Frustration can easily lead to heated exchange of hurtful words. But by choosing to respond with gentleness, we create an atmosphere for understanding and reconciliation. A soft response not only diffuses tense, tension, but also allow space for open communication, helping foster resolu resolution and restoring peace. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer, a soft word. It puts the fire out. No matter how mean they hear, no matter how, how, how angry they are, no matter how vicious they come at you with their word, don't say nothing, but say something soft. Tell them you're sorry. Just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got in front of you. I'm sorry that I moved. I didn't mean to move in front of you. I'm sorry that I pulled out in front of you. Let them cuss. Let them argue. Let them, let them act like they want to hurt you. But you, be, you, you use a soft word. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. You've been born again. Tell them I'm sorry. They may not pay you no attention when you say you're sorry. But don't start fussing back at them and cussing back at them because it could turn into a feud. It could turn into vandalism. It could, could turn to, to some harfulness where they actually want to hurt you. So you've got to know how to respond. Don't wait till it happens to, to learn how to respond. You need to learn now while I'm teaching you this afternoon. As you go into 2024, you need to learn now how to, to, to live above frustration. That's my message this evening. Learning how to live above frustration from the pulpit to the congregation. Yes, leaders too. Leaders lose it. Uh, leaders lose it. I know. I know I can see you at the house right now hollering at that wife. I can see you hollering at them children. I can see you hollering at your member. I can see you hollering at your coworkers because you're the supervisor, you're the boss, hurting their feeling. They hate to even go to work because you're hollering at them. I had a supervisor one time holler at me all the time. All he wanted to do was fuss. All he wanted to do was have something negative to say. I didn't even want to go to work. 
I didn't want to go to work because I had to see him. But I went to work anyway. And I kept right on praying, kept on trusting God. To God gave me the breakthrough. To God delivered me by taking him out of my presence. Look, God calls us to continue doing good, even in the face of frustration. You can't give up when frustration comes. You can't go and sit down there when frustration, oh, well, you're going to get back up again. No, baby, you got to maneuver even in frustration, mark time mark. Anytime you can only move when you ain't going through nothing, you ain't accomplishing anything. You're not proving to be a strong Christian. You're not, you're not proving to be a soldier. And the only time you're going to go when ain't no war. Sometimes you got to go to war. Sometimes you got to go on a battlefield. And if you ain't a soldier to go on the battlefield, you might not be much of a soldier. Even in the face of frustration, with the understanding that perseverance yields harvest. Listen, when we maintain, when we remain committed to God's principles and continue to act in love, kindness, and grace, we set ourselves up for a future reward. The key is to press on and not give give up, knowing that God's timing and purpose are perfect. Press on through frustration through aggravation, through annoyingness, uh-huh, through distress, through depression, through anxiety. Press on. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Looking into the hill what David said, from when to come at my help, more than all my help, coming from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Psalm 37 and 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked advice. Let them be mean. Let them be wicked. Don't you? You ain't their judge. Because it look like they're getting away with it. How many know there ain't nobody getting away with nothing from, from God? For the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout all the earth, beholding the good and the evil. Ain't nobody getting away. And if, and if it, it does look like they're getting away, it's really none of your business. It's in God's hand. You mind your business. You keep your nose clean. You do what you're supposed to do. And don't worry about other people who look like they're getting away with evil devices, look like they're sinning and ain't God doing nothing about it. They're sinning and prospering. you just living right the best you know how. It look like you just can't make it. Don't you worry about that. But don't be deceived, for God is not mocked. What's never man saw it, that shall he also reap. That make so show when judgment comes, you ain't found. To make sure when chastisement comes, make sure when the wrath of God comes, you don't find yourself in the way. Huh? When my daddy started beating, when my daddy started beating one of, one of us, or beating one of my brothers, don't you be in the way. Because some a lot of time he's using that switch, that switch to go further than that person. Don't you be nearby. So you might end up getting a leak too. So don't you be a mess around to get a leak when God chat the wrath comes. Cause you in the you in with the wicked, huh? You get you you got your you got your stuff spread it out with the wicked. You got your life mixed up with the wicked, and then when the wrath of God come, there you is getting a lick because you out of place. Cause you over there with the wicked, and here God trying to test out them, and you over there. The righteous cry out. Psalm thirty four seventeen and eighteen. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivered them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. And that's what frustration is. It breaks your breaking heart, broken heart. It's trouble. Mm-hmm. It's failure. It's setback. It's defeat. But the Bible says 
when the righteous cry out. In the moment of frustration, it is comforting to remember that the Lord hears the cry of the righteous, assured us that he is close to the brokenhearted, offering comfort and delivering from all our troubles. He cloaks to you. You the one thing he and see when you hear God trying to figure you think God a thousand miles away or uh, twenty miles away or New York City and you won't let him fix it. God is close to your problem. God, you ain't got to even tell God, even though the Bible tells us to pray. He already know what you're going through before you tell him. The Bible says you know he know what you have need of even before you pray. But here you is all frustrated. Huh? Not knowing that God, in the moment of your frustration, he's, the moment you start getting frustrated, God wants to comfort you. But you didn't pray. You just sat there letting that frustration get the best of you, thinking about what they did, what happened to you. You won't turn it loose. Oh, now I'm going to tell you how to get victory over frustration. Let it go. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is frustrating you. Let it go. Give it to the Lord. Get on your knees right there and let it go. No matter somebody says something to you, somebody did something to you, something didn't work out in your favor, something happened that you don't even understand it, why it happened, let it go. Let it go. Pray. Tell God about it. Let it go. Go, let it go so God can fix it, so God can work it out, so God can console your heart. Let it go. Delivered will come if you let it go, if you commit it unto God. For the Bible says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Please hear the scripture. Commit thy way unto the Lord. That means commit this thing to the Lord, this frustration, this aggravation. Don't just commit the good stuff to God. Commit the bad stuff to God, too. God already knows, but he wants you to bring it to him, just like a child to a father. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and he will establish. Do you know what the word establish means? Establish mean to make it, it make it a solid foundation. When something is established, it is solid. It is steadfast and immovable. God want to make a solid foundation out of this thing. It's moving you. It got you moved over here. It got you moved over there. It got you moved over here. It got you moved over there. You're to the left. You're to the right. You're to the front. To your back. You're so unstable about this thing you're going through. You're in it today and out tomorrow. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle it. You, you're having a problem with the, with, the, with the situation, and you won't give it to God, but God wants you to let it go and give it to him so he can bring and deliver, and whatever deliverance he brings, you take it and run with it. When frustration feel overwhelming and isolation, we can take solace in the knowledge that we serve a God who is attending to our every need. He offers solace in moments of brokenness and saves those who feel crushed by the weight. He, yes, he offers it. God wouldn't be God if he didn't offer an escape, if he didn't offer solitude to what you're going through. He knows you're going through it, and then he won't help you out. But you've got to pay attention. You've got to be tender to God that he is trying to bring you out. Listen, now God bringing you out may not work in your favor. See, this is where we messed up. We want God to, we want God to bring us out and it work in our favor. No, it may not work in your favor, baby. God may not bring that man back that beating on you. He may not bring that woman back that vexed your spirit and and, and, and and hurt you and offended you and did all the crazy stuff she could do there. It may not work that way. But however God feature, you accept that and you go on. You go on. Looking until the hill would come at your help. 
They said it was the old saying here. Now it's just old saying now. If it, it, if the bird belongs, you turn the bird loose. If the bird comes back, he go. If he don't, don't even worry about it. And moments of frustration, it can be disheartening to see injustice mm-hmm, or the success of those who act contrary to God principles. However, Psalm 37, 7 reminds us to be still before the Lord and trust in his perfect justice. We're talking again about other people. Look like they're prospering and what they're doing, and ain't nobody doing nothing about it. Don't worry about that. Get your eyes over other people's success. Get your eyes over other people's sin. Get your eyes over what it look like God ain't punishing them for what they've done. You stand back looking for God. As long as you stand back and look for God to punish them, God is not going to punish them. Because God told you to forgive them. Forgive them. He he said, he, look, he said, love them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Isn't that something? They despitefully use you, and God telling you to pray for them. You pray for them. And if your enemy third, God said, give him a drink of water. Oh, how far have we drifted. Some of us ain't, oh, some of us a long way from that. A long way from doing what I just said. But I didn't say it. God said it. Frustration can arise from our desire to see immediate consequence for wrongdoing. You hear what I'm saying? You got frustrated because somebody did something wrong and God didn't punish them. You wanted God to reward them. Oh, you wanted God to turn their car over. You wanted God to let the house catch on fire. You wanted God to knock their legs out from on them. And God didn't do nothing. God didn't do nothing. You hear what I'm saying? I remember one time this guy, person came to my house, and something my child had did to their child, and they, they told me what had happened. And they stand in the waiting for me to beat my child in front of them, chastise my child, and show that I punished my child. I asked them, well, I told them, I said, okay, thank you for letting me know. And they still died. I said, can I help you? They said, yeah, ain't you going to beat them? I said, if I decide to. That that's my prerogative. If I decide to chastise them by beating them, I'll beat them. Or whatever I do is not your concern. You don't tell me what they did. Now you just go on about your business. Uh, 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 that responsibility is in my hand. See, it's God's responsibility to deal with your enemy. You don't tell God what to do. Standing there waiting for God to punish them, you'll be standing there a long time. You just go on and pray for them like God told you, and God will do the rest. Huh? Yes, frustration can arise from our desire to see immediate content for our wrongdoing. Yet this verse urges us to wait patiently on the Lord, refusing to fret or become anxious when we witness the unjust prosper. Mm-hmm. When we see the unjust prosper, we witness them prosper. Here we is going to seem like we can prosper. We're righteous and the unjust prosper, and we, we get upset. <coughs> we get frustrated because we look like, wait, God, now, God, that ain't fair. But God is not, God is always fair. He knows what he's doing. The Bible says, with long-suffering and patience has he towards us. With confidence, we cling to the assurance that God is the ultimate judge and will bring about justice in his perfect timing. You hear what I'm saying? Not in your timing. Not when you think he ought to do it. In God's perfect timing, God's going to bring justice to that person that did you wrong. The good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, Listen, you've been called according to God's purpose, and God's going to see. God's going to see that everything works out to the good. When it's all over with, you're going to be a winner. Romans 8 and 28 offer hope and assurance that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. This includes moments of frustration and disappointment. It's going to work out. I know it doesn't look like it. 
But I come by to assure you, let go of frustration. Let go of the thing that frustrates you. Turn it loose. Let it go. It's going to work for your good, but you got to let it go. you got to turn it loose. And when you do, God's going to fix it. God's going to work it out. Romans 8 and 28 tells us that God's going to work it out. You hear what I'm saying? It's going to work for your good. It is, but you got to let it go. And you got to trust God and believe that he's going to do just that. Psalm 55 and 22, cast all your care on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Isn't that something? Talking about frustration. You cast your care on God, you won't be frustrated. See, you're trying to handle it yourself. You're not big enough. Excuse me. You're not big enough. He didn't say cast your care on your husband. He didn't say cast your care on your wife. He said, cast your care on the Lord, and he will sustain. That means he will fix it. He will sell it. He will make it right. He will never let the righteous be moved. See, you fit to be moved. This frustration fit to move. going to get your gun, get your knife, get your car, get matters, and go get your friend and do a drive-by. You fit to make a mess. You fit to end up with prison for the rest of your life for taking a life or hurting somebody because you took matters in your own hands. God said he will not have you be moved, but you're going to be moved if you don't give it to God. When frustration threatened to overwhelm us, Psalm 55 and 22 offered a confident invitation to cast our care upon the Lord. It assured us that God will sustain us and ensure that we remain rooted in his righteousness. Frustration often leaves us feeling shaken and uncertain. You hear what I'm saying? It often leaves us unshaken and uncertain because we're trying to fix it ourselves. We're trying to work it out ourselves, and we end up leaving, we're in a dilemma. James 4 and 7, submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When faced with frustration, it is essential to, to submit ourselves to God and resist the temptation that may accompany it. If you don't give this thing to God, if you don't commit submit it to God and realize that this thing is bigger than you, you gonna make a mess. You gonna make a mess. You gonna mess around and cause a chaos. You gonna mess around and hurt somebody feel and cause somebody to hurt you. So give it to God. Instead of succumbing to negative emotion, we find ourselves overflowing with praise and worship, lifting our spirit and reminding us of God's wavering presence. And faithfulness. Yes, we got to turn our our, our problems, our complaints into a praise. Isn't that something? Turning your complaint into a praise. That's what we need to write that down. We need to make that a topic. Turning our complaints into a praise. You don't make complaining long enough. Now, how about turning that complaint into praise? Now, you can make Kool-Aid and don't put no sugar in it, and I guarantee you it'll take just the ability it can as long as it's set there. You would sit there and pray with all day long, it's going to be better. But if you put some sugar in that Kool-Aid, and that's what you need to do, you need to put some sugar in your emotions. You need to put some sugar in your attitude. You need to put some sugar in your conversation. And the word of God is the sweet sugar that you need to put in it. Matthew 11, 28, 30, come to me. Oh, you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Talking about frustration now. Huh? When frustration becomes overwhelming, it is comforting to know that we can come to the Lord. We can come to God. And when we come to God, he will give us a victory. He said, he said who are weary and burdened, he said. He said, I'll give you rest from your frustration. He said, take my yoke. Your yoke is already, your yoke is too heavy. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. We need to read the Bible so we can learn of God, learn how to be gentle, learn how to be meek, learn how to be kind, learn how to be humble in heart. He said, we'll find rest to our souls. Some of our souls need rest because we've got our souls so troubled, so troubled with frustration, so troubled with anxiety. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and he will help me. My heart leaps for joy, and with joy, my song, I praise him. Yes, the Lord is your strength. The Lord is your strength, and he's your shield. And he wants you to trust in him with all your heart. Psalm 28 and 7 reminds us that the Lord is our ultimate source of strength and protection. Frustration can often weaken our our resources and leave us feeling vulnerable. But when we trust in the Lord, he becomes our shield and our stronghold. That's what he becomes, our shield and our stronghold. Our frustration can take a toll on our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. However, by accepting Jesus' invitation, we allow him to carry our burden and lead us with gentle and humble guidance. In him we find a yoke that is easy and bear a burden that is light. Rest and renewal await us and we surrender our frustration huh, to the one who can, who can provide peace. He's been waiting. He's been waiting for us to give that frustration to him. I hope I'm helping somebody this evening because you, you need this. You need to carry this into the new year because you have been frustrated long enough. You ain't know when the last time you laughed. You don't know when the last time you had no joy. You don't know when the last time you had no peace. Well, you don't know when the last time you were celebrated. You just get up fussing. Listen, listen. I say fussing. Now, what does fussing and frustration mean? Frustration is the same thing as fussing, but you don't took it to another level. Fuss, frustration. Listen to this. Fuss, frustration. You don't took fussing to another level where it's frustrating. Now, people don't even want to be around you because your fussing is continuous. Your, your fussing and took on legs and took on wings and fly. Time you walk in the door, you stop fussing because you overcome with frustration and you ain't acknowledged that. You're going to feel so much better when you lay this frustration down. You, you're going to feel so much better when you count to 10 and just before you get mad. Next time before you get mad, next time before you get frustrated, next time, the time before you lose it, count to 10, not 30. Just count to 10 real slow. One, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And while you're counting, you're thinking, so this is why people get charged with premeditated murder, <laughs> because they thought about what they did before they did it. 
they planned it. See what I'm saying? They had time not to they had time not to do what they did. And that's why it was called premeditated, because they planned it. They they knew they were going to do it. They had already thought they were going to do it and knew they were going to do it and followed up on it. That's what made it be capital upon in first degree, because they planned it. See, when you count now, you're planning. You're planning what? You're planning not to be frustrated. You're planning not to lose it. You're planning not to lose your coup while you're counting the 10. Oh, it might have seemed like a long time, but it was a lot better than that 10. You had a lot to think about while you were thinking to leave it alone. Let it go. You're up to five now. You're up to six. You're up to seven. Leave it alone. Let it go. Don't say nothing. I don't care if your pride is on the line. See, this is the thing about frustrating your pride get on the line. When your pride get on your line, pride makes you act on frustration. Forget a red pride. It's okay to humble yourself. When frustration arises, it is tempting to carry them, uh, carry them on our own. Yet Psalm 55 and 22 encourage us to cast our cares upon the Lord and trust in his sustaining power. By releasing our frustration to him, we find solace knowing that he will not allow the righteous to be shaken. God's strength and guidance are available to us even in moments of frustration and weaknesses. When we allow him to bear our burden, we receive renewal energy, hope, and the assurance that we are working on our behalf. That he is working on our behalf. We can walk through life frustration with confidence, knowing that we are upheld by the almighty God. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? We, 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 when you take your time, when you count the ten, when you think about it before you do it again, because it's coming. Just as soon as I teach you tonight, it's coming back again. Just because I taught you tonight don't mean you delivered. Just because you heard me preaching tonight don't mean you got a breakthrough. you got to act on this word. But the Bible says you got to apply the word. The word ain't no good unless you apply it. So when the enemy come back again, when the circumstance arise, when somebody make you mad, when somebody get on your last nerve, when things don't work out in your favor, when that project don't go through, when that contract don't go through, when that wife still acting crazy, that husband still acting up, you got to be able to count the ten. And why are you counting? You got to be thinking. Galatians 6 and 9, let not become weary and well-doing. This will be my last verse. Galatians 6 and 9, take this one with you into the new year. This is a good one here. Galatians 6 and 9, let us not become weary and well-doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do you not think just because you're doing good, huh, Frustration can often lead to weariness and a desire to give up. Frustration will often lead to weariness. That's what the end of frustration is. It'll make you weary, and it want to make you give up. But the Bible said, "Let us not become weary." You done done well, and ain't nobody ain't nobody bragging on you. Ain't nobody encouraging. Ain't nobody calling you saying, "I thank you for what you did for me." I thank you for 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 lending me that money that helped me get to pay that bill, or I thank you for giving me them clothes for my children. I, I thank you for the courage and word that you've been giving me all year long. People can be so disrespectful. People can be so rude. People can be so ungrateful. And they don't want to say thank you after you don't work. So sometimes I thank you can mean so much. Sometimes I thank you can be paid for all 
You know what I'm saying? For all that you've done for someone, they just call you and say, listen, I don't have no money to pay you back for what you've done for me this year, but thank you. Oh, you just don't know how important that is, how that will make them feel so good. Oh, my God, how that will lift up their spirit. So remember Galatians 69, let us not become weary and doing good. Keep on doing good. Don't stop doing good because nobody praising you, nobody thanking you. Don't stop doing good because you, uh, uh, you didn't think that they should have gave you the reward that you should have got from doing good. Don't stop doing good because they talked about the good that you did. You ain't doing the good for them. You're doing the good for God. And the Bible said, don't become weary in your way of doing. God's going to pay you. You keep doing the right thing. Let everybody else do wrong. Let everybody else lie. Let everybody else cut. Let everybody else go to the club. Let everybody else uh, 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 go the opposite way. Let, let everybody else do what it. Joshua said, so me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You be like Joshua. You do the right thing when everybody else doing the wrong thing. How, how many people you think made it out of the old world? Only eight. All the whole world were lost, eight people. How many people made it out of Solomon Gomorrah? Only three. All those people in Solomon Gomorrah, all the surrounding cities died. Only three people make it. You don't worry about the crowd. Uh, don't worry about the majority. You just be part of the minority. You hang on in there. You work on your frustration. Don't go calling nobody else talking about, a uh, girl, you need to work on your frustration. No, you work on your frustration. We always talking about that word was for somebody else. No, this word is for you, disciples. No, take this word and apply it to your life. If you don't if you don't need it, pray for somebody else who is frustrated and quit trying to judge somebody because we all have sinned and come short of glory. We all are weak in some area. We all been bothered with frustration, and it seemed to get the best of us. So we thank you for the word this evening. I pray that you take it and apply it to your life, that it might do you ever so good. Precious Father, I thank you for the lesson this evening. It has certainly been a source of strength for me. It has certainly revived me. It has certainly have encouraged me. It has certainly have enlightened me as I minister to the radio world, God, concerning frustration. Let somebody take this word this evening and let it be a strength to them. Let, let it revive them. Let it bring them a refreshing. Let it bring them back their joy. Help them to let it go, God. Help them to turn that frustration loose. Help them to let it go, God. They've been holding on to it so long, God. They mad, God. They bitter, God. They sitting back like Jonah would in Revelation. How Jonah would, when Jonah was mad, he wanted you to destroy Nineveh. And you, and you asked Jonah, but why should you be mad? He said, because he knew he knew you were going to show them mercy. Jonah didn't even want you to show Nineveh mercy. But you told Jonah there were 5,000 people that didn't know their right hand from their left hand. That's why you showed them mercy. We got people sitting back mad now. Mad want you to destroy somebody. Mad want you to punish somebody because what they done done to you. But help them, oh God, to give it to you. Help them to walk in grace. Help them to walk in love. Help them to walk in compassion. Help to turn it loose and let it go, God. This frustration, oh, that the joy of the Lord might fill them up, God, fill up their vow. Stretch the radio world, God. Stretch the apostle, God, uh, uh, Margie, uh, for allowing this door to become open for me to minister and many other, God. Stretch what she we build up with she may be torn. Bless her beyond her wildest dream. Let her prayer be answered. Let door be opened in her faith, God. Let unexpected blessings come her way, God, all for being an instrument in your hand and allowing others to be there. Do this in the name of the Father. Do this in the name of the Son. Do this in the name of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, friends.
You're welcome. Be blessed. God bless you, too, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.